number that, that are just going to miraculously change everything for them. Or, you know, they're going to uh, be, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, they'll, get, they'll read more books, you know, like all those, those type A personalities that you just hate, you know, love to hate because they annoy you because they're so great. You know, those, those CEO type people who just read a book a week. You know, so by the end of the year, they're just crazy, you know, and uh, or you're those type of people, you know, they say, man, I'm going to spend more time doing this, I'm going to spend more time doing that. You never actually hear anyone say, I resolve that in 2020, I'm going to put on more weight than I did last year. <laughs> Amen, somebody. I'm going to eat more meat, more steak, and all that sort of carry on. No one ever says that, right? No one ever says that. No one ever says that this is the year that they're gonna work out how to achieve less in the year. No, we all look to the new year with great expectations, great uh, heart, a great excitement. We want this year to be better than the last year. And, I, and let me, I'm a faith guy, right? That's just how I operate. I, I, I preach faith, I live by faith, I, 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 I married in faith, you know, all those sort of stuff, you know, and, and yeah, I did. I prayed for my wife for a whole year before we went out on our first date. If that ain't faith, I don't know what is. I declared her. I said, Lord, I want a beautiful, godly woman, and this is the woman I want. And I listed her name. Told God every night as I was crying my eyes out, alone in my room. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. We're going to have a little uh, support group after the meeting here. Meet over here on my right. Anyway, so I'm a faith guy. But we often look at New Year's resolutions with, with great expectations, great things. But I, I want to read to you an article that I found, which I, which I laughed at, but I, I, I knew was just 100% true in terms of uh, when it comes to New Year's resolutions. So let me read this uh, to you right now. Uh, before the first month of the year has even come to an end, most people have given up on their annual commitment to themselves. Research conducted by Strava, the social network of athletes, has discovered that Saturday, or so this is in the States, but uh, Sunday here, January 12th, which was last Sunday, is the fateful day that New Year's resolutions die. <laughs> they start on January 1st, guys, come on. It's only 12 days later, it is gone. After analyzing more than uh, 31.5 million online global activities in last January, Strava was able to pinpoint the date when most people report failing their resolution. Sticking to resolutions is hard, and we all know there's a lot of talk and pressure in January about getting fitter mm -hmm, and uh, being healthier. And, uh, a key factor in the success is motivation and analyzing millions of activity uploads. We've been able to pinpoint the day your motivation is likely to waver. According to a study conducted by University of Scranton, just 8% of people achieve their New Year's resolutions goals. 8%. While the other 80% fail to keep their New Year's resolutions. Roughly 55% of New Year's resolutions were health-related, such as exercising more, eating healthier, getting out of financial debt, according to the Science Journal, uh, the Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin. Unrealistic expectations are a big reason uh, 
resolutions fail. Amen, somebody. Dr. Carly Moores says this, start with small changes and continue to build on these and try to tackle the one change at a time. Try to set yourself goals, reflect on your progress towards these, acknowledge that changes can be hard and results won't happen overnight or even in the first two weeks of the year. Amen. In other words, this is how I put it, most people fail or give up because they are playing the short game instead of the long game. The short game and long game is a term used in golf mainly, but it can also be a reference to um, just how we operate in our lives. You know, um, we, most of us get disappointed when things don't happen as quickly as we'd hoped they would. Amen. I don't know about you, but 2019 was a big year, and there was a lot of ups, and, but there was also a lot of downs. There was a lot of things that I hoped would happen, but didn't happen, and then things I had not planned to happen, but did happen, and that were brilliant. And sometimes I think maybe I should just get out of the way of let, and let God do all the work. You know, I'm just interfering too often. But we've got to figure out in our hearts and our lives which game we're going to play, the long game or the short game. So I want to take you to a scripture that you guys will uh, have heard before. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. You guys ready for this? All right. So um, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body. Everyone say discipline. Discipline. Okay, everybody together say discipline. Discipline. That's better. I discipline my body like an athlete uh, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, has everybody here uh, gotten over the All Blacks losing last year? Give me a wave if you're over it. Yeah, you've moved on? Oh, good. I, I, I asked that question in my church and they'll go, no, we're not ready yet. Don't, don't, I'm, I'm still I'm grieving, I'm grieving. But I, I wanna say to us, the All Blacks losing last year wasn't actually the first time they lost the World Cup. There was another time. And, uh, and during this time, it was uh, when the All Blacks lost the World Cup in 2007, Almost instantly, there was this debate and there was this discussion as to why they lost. Do you guys remember when they lost? They lost to France and it was like, yeah, that, that, that pass that was forward. That, that, uh, yeah. Well, straight after that, I mean, like media just ran rampant. I mean, they were hating on Graham Henry. They were saying, Graham Henry's got to go. He's, an, you know, he's too old. His, his tactics are not working. Uh, they've got to change some of the players. The players are not working. You know, they're, 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 they're too old. You know, there were all these uh, negative comments about them. But Graham Henry was brilliant in the way he handled this. He accepted, firstly, that they had lost. You know, it was like, yeah, we lost. But we're going to learn from this loss. And we're going to plan the next four years, and we're going to work out how to win the next World Cup. Were they playing the short game or the long game? No, they were playing the long game. 
And so over the next four years, oh my goodness, player rotation, change in strategy, change in coaching staff, change in, in, in training techniques, and all these things started to happen. Over the next four years, they continued to lose. They lost to South Africa twice. Any South Africans in the room? One. They're great. They lost to Australia a couple of times. Any Australians here? They lost to Sam. They lost to Samoa a couple of times. No, nah, I'm only kidding. I wish, you know. And uh, but they they were they were in it for the long haul. They were playing the long game. Graham Henry wasn't so concerned if they lost a, a test match here or a Bledisloe Cup here. Why? Because the goal wasn't to win those things necessarily. The goal was to win the next World Cup. So fast forward some four years, they get to the next World Cup. Guess who they meet again in the final? They one team, France, and they win by a solitary one point. Eight, seven. You remember there's Stephen Donald who was out white baiting beaver and they grabbed him from the bush. I don't know where you get white bait from. <laughs> Sorry, I live in the city, man. We don't have that sort of stuff. I buy my white bait from the fish and chip shop, you know, it's like, and, they, and he kicks the winning goal and the All Blacks win and it was just great. Can I just say to us, most of us, when we go through our Christian walk, when we go through life, you know, I want to ask you the question, which game are you actually playing? Because this year is going to be a big year and lots is going to happen this year. Now, I love to say, stand up here and say to you guys, man, you're going to have the most problem-free, uh, stress-free uh, year that you've ever had. Not one single crisis is going to come your way this year. Amen. But I'd be lying to you if I said that, because I know it wouldn't be true. Because the Bible actually tells us that we're going to face trials of many kinds. There's going to be hardships of many kinds that will come our way. But the key is hey, we, we're, playing the, we're playing the long game, so it's okay. You know, this year, you know, maybe you go back and it's January and you go back to work and the boss is already at you. You know, he's already down at you going, well, what, you, didn't, you didn't pick up the slack from last year. Now we've got to catch up this year. You know, or you're going back into your studies and you're going, oh man, I didn't quite make, meet those papers. I've got to do redo this paper, redo that paper. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? And, and you're going into these years, well, uh, into this year thinking, man, this month already is tough. Can I just say to you, play the long game. That's just one of 12 months. You know, the other 11 won't be just like that. But often we, we get to a, a, a hard place. Often we get to a, a, a brick wall and we say, man, that's just so hard. I'm, that's it. I'm giving up. It's like we've given up. We've, we've lost the ability to per, uh, persevere, to, 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 to struggle through, you know, to endure, to play the long game. You know, we've lost the ability to lose some minor games in pursuit of the bigger game. Is anybody hearing me this, this evening? You know, I, I, you know, for anybody here who's involved in education or might be a parent, you know, one of the, I personally feel, one of the worst things that ever, they ever decided to do in schools was remove bull rush. Can I get an amen? I, I'm telling you, you know, we've got to let our kids you know, get, get some bruises on their body. Now, let me take you to the Scripture. I'm going to prove this to you in, in Scripture. 
You're going to love this, man. You're going to love this. Okay, so this is what it says. In verse 27, it says, I discipline, say it again, discipline. I discipline my body like an athlete. You know that word discipline? It literally means to punch under the eye. So turn to the person next to you. No. Okay, don't punch them, please. It's actually illegal these days. You can't do it, all right? It actually means to leave bad, um, black and blue or to, to, to beat my body. So when Paul was writing this, did he really mean, I want you to punch people that are around you? No. He's, he's really saying, I've got to condition my body. To discipline means to condition my body. I've got to prepare myself in such a way that I can cope with the stress and the trials that are going to come at me, just like an athlete does, and 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 running races and and running and winning the race. He's got to condition his body. Now, you don't want me to run in front of you today, you know, because my body is not conditioned to run. I take ten steps and I'm completely out of breath, man. I I am just out of condition. If you had seen me like 20 years ago, man, I had six pack. I was like, man, I was, I was like Sonny Bill, yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? But, but now my body is, is the way it is and I'm so out of condition, you know? And uh, so, but, but Paul is saying, man, you've, in life, you've got to condition your body. You, you've got to actually beat your body into shape. You've got to do the, the grind. You've got to do the hard yards. Why? Because you're not playing the short game. You're playing the long game. And to win in the long game means you've got to beat your body and condition yourself to win. So go back to my bull rush issue. Whoa. See what I mean? If I had six pack, that, that chair would never have moved. You know, and so and when you go back to bull rush, you know, we're so careful about what happens to our kids, but in, in trying to protect them and, and, uh, and, and not allow them to get harmed, we're also cutting them off at the knees from, from um, experience a high tolerance level. Is anybody hearing me today? And so when they get into society and they get into the real world and they realize the real world's not actually fair sometimes, and then you don't always get the best boss in the company, and sometimes you get the, the worst boss, the, the, that, that guy, you know, and, and, uh, and, and he's not even fair, he's not looking at you, and he's not promoting you, and whatever, and you throw out all your toys going, why is this happening to me? That's when you can figure out, hey, I'm gonna hang on in there. I'm gonna go through this. Why? Because I'm, not, I'm, I'm playing the long game. And I can handle this. Why? Because I'm enjoying, I've got a goal, I've got vision, I've got dreams. I've, I know that I'm pursuing something and in order to get there, I've got to go through the rocks and the bumps that are along the way. Is anyone hearing this this, this evening? You know, we've got to discipline ourselves, but often we, we, we limit our own ability. You know, I, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm going to, man, I'm, I'm old, okay? So I'm old. But when I was a kid, you know, we used to go to church in our Sunday best. Like I used to have white shirt, tie, and, and black pants, and, and shiny black shoes. But as soon as the service finished, like that last hymn was sung, 
man, we were outside, we were grabbing sticks that looked like uh, rifles, and then we were walking around. I mean, we hadn't Fortnite back then, right? So we were just going around, and we were going pew, pew, pew. I got you. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You know, having those sorts of dis- dis- uh, arguments. We were just on the ground. We're getting dirty. We're getting bruised. We're getting battered. You know, today it was like, man, no one wants to get dirty. No one wants to get bruised. No one wants to get battered. But in, the, in doing so, we're missing out on all of that uh, ability to handle those times so when life gets tough, we can handle it. Is anybody hearing me this, this evening? Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. So that's what Paul said. I wanna, I wanna read to you another passage from one of the psalmists. Psalms 1, this is, this is great. It says this, it says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law. Everyone say meditates. On, on his law day and night. That person is like a stream planted, it's like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You know, the, this, this particular psalm, which is the first one you'll read in the book of Psalms, it paints this picture of types of relationships we can have in our lives this year. There are relationships you can have with those who the Bible called wicked, sinners or mockers, but basically those are maybe toxic relationships around you that if you pursue staying engaged to those relationships, they will bring you down. Is anybody hearing this? But in the same passage, the psalmist says, hey, but there's a better relationship you can have. And he goes on and he, he begins to outline what it looks like. And he says, but, who, but blessed are those whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his word day and night. You know that word meditate. It actually doesn't mean to go, hmm, or, or, you know, it doesn't mean to do that at all, to clear the one's mind and uh, find nirvana that way. It actually means, uh, it actually means to utter or to declare. It actually means to speak out the word of God. When you meditate day and night, as the rabbis would, you know, I went to Israel a couple of years ago and, and, I, and I was at the Wailing Wall and I watched them. I just watched them for about half an hour and they were just, they were meditating on the word. They were declaring it. They were just rocking. There's a rocking motion, declaring the word. Day and night, this is what they do. Let me say to us all, one of the keys for you this year that's gonna help you play the long game and survive is meditating on the word of God. It really is. One of the best uh, bits of advice that I was given when I first started uh, pastoring the church was from a very wonderful uh, mentor of mine who said, no, the word of God is your plumb line. You stick to the word of God, it will sustain you, it will, it will help you, it will give you what you need in any season of your life. If you stick to the word of God, you will not fail. And I just took that as, as, as gospel. I began to meditate on this word. This thing never leaves my sight. If you ever catch me somewhere and I'm carrying my bag, the word of God's in there. I, I, have, it, I have it on my, an app. I have it on my phone. I have, I have the original copy. This is not the original, but you know, you get what I mean. And, uh, but 
but whatever I'm doing, the word of God is close. Why? Because I need to be meditating on it day and night. Is anybody hearing me today? I want us to play the long game this year. My goal is for you guys to play the long game. That means there's gonna be stuff that will happen. I, I'm, I'm declaring that this year is gonna be the best year you've ever experienced. Amen. You, you, this is a double portion year. 2020 is double portion. It's a year of clarity of the vision of God over your life. It's gonna be a year where God does great and wonderful things over your life. But the key is this, which game are you gonna play this year? Are you gonna play the short game or are you gonna play the long game? Because the long game is gonna allow you to endure to the end of this year. If you play the short game, you'll get disappointed, you'll get disillusioned, and you'll wanna walk away. But the long game will keep you on task and sticking to the Word of God. Having friendship with the Word, you know, it, it brings wisdom and it brings faith. Come on, everyone just stand with me here. You know, I just wanna to say to us all, you are gonna be exposed this year to so many different types of doctrines. The Bible says the winds of doctrines, that they're gonna blow from the left and from the right. It's gonna come at you from all angles. If you, those who are in uni right now, you're gonna be exposed to uh, uh, alternate thinking, thinking that is almost con con uh, contradictory to what you hear in scripture. And what's gonna allow you to stay, stay sailing in the right direction as if you're playing the long game by getting into the Word. You see, the Bible says this about the Word of God. It says, your Word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Matthew 24, it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You know, the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It does not change. That's why you can align your life to it and you'll be okay. You'll be an even keel this year and you're playing the right game. So why don't you close your eyes this evening while I pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the church and its future, Lord God. But right now in this moment, I speak over each and every heart here. Lord, I speak a season of fruitfulness, double portion blessing. But I pray each and every person here will play the right game. They will play not the short, but the long game. They will endure through trials and tribulations. Why? Because the Word of God is there in their hearts and they meditate it day and night. So Lord, bless these guys. Bless them in Your wonderful and in Your precious name. In Jesus' name. As you guys are still there, just, just take a seat for a minute. I, I wanna pray, pray one more prayer over you. You might be here tonight and, and maybe you'd say that you're far from God. Maybe, you, maybe you've never kind of stood in a church until today. Maybe it's like your first time or maybe someone brought you along or maybe you've once been in church but you kind of walked away. But if you'd be asked, do you have a relationship with God? The answer would be no. You, you wouldn't have a relationship with Him. You know, the truth is that God loves you that He's got a plan for you, He's got a purpose for you. Uh, but there's this thing that we call sin. Sin is the mistakes that we make. It's a term that means falling short of the mark. You see, God's standard is perfection, but yet none of us could live up to that standard. But the good news is that Jesus came, He lived a perfect life, yet died a sinner's death on a cross so that He could be the sacrifice for our sins. And the good news is if we accept 
that sacrifice. If we choose to repent, the Bible says, which simply means to turn the other way. You might be going this way, living your own life with your own goals and dreams and all that kind of thing. If you simply would turn and surrender those to God, turn and ask Him to come into your life, the Bible says that you would be born again. Not only would you have a relationship with God here on earth, but also spend eternity with Him in heaven. And you know, it's simple. It's a simple thing to do. It's as simple as just inviting Him in. It's as simple as starting a conversation with Him. The word prayer is is really just a conversation with God. Uh, and tonight I want to lead you in that prayer. If, if you're here tonight and you say that you are far from God, I want to say a really simple prayer. I'm going to pray it out loud, but you can pray it in your heart. So I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads now. Just out of respect for this moment. And if that's you, you say, Adrian, yeah, I'm far from God. I'm going to pray a really simple prayer. I want to invite you, if that's you, to pray that along with me. As I said, I'm going to pray it out loud, but you can pray it in your heart. Say these words. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank You that You died for me. I recognise tonight that I'm a sinner in need of a Saviour. I ask that right now You would come into my life, that You would make me new. Would You be my Lord and would You be my Saviour? Today, I choose to follow You. And if you prayed that prayer and while eyes are closed and heads are still bowed, I I wanna ask you to do one more brave thing. I wanna pray for you, but I wanna know who I'm praying for. So I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna count to three. And when I count to three, I wanna ask you to pop your hand up nice and high so I can see it. As soon as you put your hand up, I'll see that hand and I'll acknowledge it and you can put it back down and then I'll have to pray, pray for you. So here we go, nice and brave. One, two, three. Hands going up now. Anybody saying, yeah, Adrian, I prayed that prayer. I, I chose to follow Jesus. Awesome, I see the hand in the back. You can, you can put it back down. Awesome, I see the hand on the left here. You can put it back down. Anybody else saying, yeah, I prayed that prayer. God, I thank You for those that today, tonight have chosen to follow You. God, I pray your blessing on them. I pray that they would, God, make your word, the Bible, their plumb line, their, their foundation. As they read it, God, would, would you come alive to them? God, would, it, would you show them who they are and who you are? Would you bring people around them that can encourage them and strengthen them in their walk with you? I just pray your blessing and your hand on them tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we celebrate those people that prayed that prayer this morning, tonight? Tonight you made a great decision choosing to follow Jesus. And I wanna encourage you to, to make one more great decision. On your seat or somewhere around you, one of these orange Connect cards, maybe it's on the floor. And on the left side, you can give us a way to contact you. And on the right side, the second box down says, I've committed or recommitted my life to Christ. I wanna encourage you to tick that box. We're not gonna stalk you or shop your house or anything like that. All we wanna do is get in contact with you, invite you to Alpha and, and let you know how you can walk with Jesus and what that next step might be. So grab that card, fill it out, and in a moment, our offering bucket's gonna come by and you can simply pop that in the bucket or in both our foyers, there's tall boxes that say connect on them. You can simply pop it in that connect box uh, and we'll get that and be able to get in contact with you. Along with that, there's a number of other things that you can do as well. Maybe you wanna join a small group. Maybe you wanna be part of the Dream Team or, or a team growth track, which is coming up really soon at the start of Feb. Again, you can simply tick that box put it in the offering bucket as it comes by. We'd love to get in contact with you and help you to make that decision uh, to follow Jesus or take that next step in your journey of faith. A couple of things I wanna let you know about. Number one, we saw uh, a video for Open Heaven. If you don't know, Open Heaven uh, is a massive prayer event that takes place in Auckland in Spark Arena. Like that's you know, like Spark Arena, you know, like Spark Arena. Uh, and, and so it's pretty awesome, you know, 
people from all across our city and even further out come together to, at the start of the year to pray and to, to worship. And there's a number of people sharing, including Pastor Stephen Bex, as you saw up on the screen. And I wanna encourage you not only come, come along to that, but uh, we've decided as a church to be one of the, the hosting churches. Uh, so with that hosting comes a responsibility, not only financially, but we also provide team to help serve those who come. Uh, and so to make it really easy, because you know what Park in the City's like, we, we're providing a bus, not only, not only from our campus here in Botany, but also all the way from Pokokoi, Papakura and Manurewa. So the Botany bus here is leaving at 5.15 sharp on Tuesday, uh, the 4th of Feb. So I encourage you to come along. Uh, you can, again, on your Connect card, simply fill out that you wanna be part of that. And we, it's gonna be a whole bunch of fun. And so I encourage you, grab a few mates, jump on the bus, don't worry about parking, find some people's seats, and then we can enjoy the night. So it's gonna be a good time. We're responsible for, for, for ushering. You don't have to have any formal ushering training or like a certificate in ushering or something like that. You can simply turn up and we'll show you what to do. You just gotta just have to point people to chairs, which is... How hard's that? Uh, so come along. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Sign up on your Connect card uh, and uh, we'd love to, love to have you there. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. You know, when, when that amount of people, you, you know, gather together to pray, I know that it's not just about the numbers, but it's about our heart for the city, right? And worshiping together, praying together. And I know it's going to be significant, not only for us, for our church, but for churches across our city. And Whangarei are gathering together as well for the first time, which is, which is really exciting. So Whangarei campus there is going to be hosting it. Uh, but we're in Spark Arena. Uh, so it's going to be fun. Um, 